letters and lessons. Hello, hello, my dear friends, students, family. This is your second letter from me after the passing of my spouse. My dear and amazing friends, students, and family. First, thanks for your positive energy. Second, I apologize for any undue stress that this recent loss of mine may have caused you because it has caused a little bit of stress for other people. You know that our paths may not be comfortable at all times. This is how we grow. You know, athletes are not born from a comfy couch. Think about that. If you're an athlete, you're not just sitting on a comfy couch, right? You are working. So we are in the process of growing and becoming. So I appreciate you so much. And by the way, have I told you lately that I love you? I want to share with you some insights from this journey and maybe it'll enable you to live a richer, better life. First, most people's favorite pastime is drama. I have really come to find this out lately. There's one person in particular that's responded to my recent loss in a strange way by telling me a deep and gory story of her loss and how her trauma has created this horrible life ever since her spouse died. Jeez, you know what it reminds me of? <laughs> when I taught kindergarten, I taught the kids about different ways of interacting through colors. Uh, there was ruddy red and yelling yellow, and there was butt in brown. <laughs> and this gal reminds me of butt in brown. When you're saying where you went, they butt in and start telling you where they went. And that was her way. But also it was very negative. It was very dramatic. Like she just was just such the victim. And this conflict and emotion seems to be how a lot of people connect with others. That's what I've realized. People like to connect with others through drama, right? Through something horrible happened. Oh, you poor thing. And then it feeds on itself. So people want to tell others the bad things that happened to them because then they get sympathy. Hmm? But drama is based on fear, not love. So I really have decided after this, uh, these kind of encounters that I am no longer going to compete for the biggest victim title. <laughs> I'm going to avoid this type of conformity, and I hope you do too. Truth is, you know, it might give us some satisfaction in the moment, but it is a bad habit to create indeed. To be fair, most of my friends have been very encouraging and uplifting. These are the people to hold on to. So after a much-needed period of grief, I thought that I was going to look forward with faith and like uh, towards my bright future, but guess what? <laughs> it's a roller coaster ride. So I feel like I have been on waves up and down and thinking, okay, I'm coming out of grief. It's been a couple months now, and then only to find the next day that I'm sad again. This is it, right? This is what grief is. It's an up and down roller coaster ride, or you could look at it like you're in um, the waves in the ocean. That's, that's just the way it is, right? So I'm trying to embrace my new circumstances with joy and with a spirit of adventure. And that is the way to pull yourself out of it. But like I said, you got to let yourself go through it too. So let yourself, you know, next time you're going through a hard time, or if you're, you know someone and you're trying to help them get through a hard time, know that that's part of the process but also try to look forward with joy and with a spirit of adventure. So lately I've been meeting each day with wonder. I've been thinking with wonder, like what's going to happen today? I've been helping others. That's a big help. When you come out of yourself, you can't feel sorry for yourself when you're busy helping others. 
uh, you know, I'm a teacher and a, a volunteer, and I'm just pretty much all the time using the tools that I teach in my own life now. <laughs> and so it's easier and better for me to use them with others because I am actually living it. Everybody wants a coach who knows where they've been, who's been where they've been, and who can help them out of it. So I'm actually still there, but if I'm a few steps ahead of others, I can help them even right now, even through all that I'm going through right now. I think too many people hang on to the past for too long. And then there are others who feel stuck because they're unable to help them. They want to help somebody who's stuck in the past, and it's kind of hard. Um, I'm helping both, okay? So I'm going to help both types of people now because I've been both and I am both right now. (laughs) I'm going to help them let go of loss and then also help people to help others to let go of loss. loss. Hopefully, this guidebook uh, that I'm creating is going to offer the tools to make it an easier transition for other people. I'm creating a little story called Stumble or Crumble. I know people that have crumbled through these kinds of situations and right now I'm doing a lot of stumbling and the jury's still out to how the story will end but I am quite positive that uh, I shall stumble but not crumble. So stay tuned for that story. That'll be a great story to share with you. Side note, uh, when a person sits too long in victim mentality, it becomes their comfort zone. It becomes so comfortable that they keep falling back into it despite their efforts and the efforts of those around them to cheer them up or pull them out. So let's, let me tell you of an, an example. Because with these kind of people, you just got to send them love. You just got to send them love and try to break the pattern. If you can, you can be helpful for people who want help. But if people are just kind of so stuck that it looks like they're enjoying victimhood, you kind of got to just kind of move out of the way, let them go through it. You know, everyone grieves differently, and some people need to just really get down and dirty with it. Remember that athlete on the couch? You got to be willing to work. You have to be willing to go through what you got to go through to get to the other side. So you may have noticed that if you assume the helper role for people that are confirmed victims you're going to attract more and more victims. It's true. Remember the girl I mentioned earlier who told all about her sad story and how she's such a victim ever since her spouse died eight years ago or whatever it was? Well, if you're the person trying to help that person and they are hanging on for dear life to the victimhood, you're going to attract more and more victims because you're not helping them. If you don't see any change in them and they just want to complain to you all the time, it's going to drag you down as did this one friend of mine. She was, uh, oh, that's my best friend. And she helped and helped and helped, but it hasn't been helping. So beware. These are both dangerous roles. It's dangerous to be the continual victim, but it's also dangerous to be the person who's always trying to save them. What does that person get out of it? Self-importance, comfort maybe, uh, or even significance right? I'm such a wonderful person because I help people who feel like they're a victim. Wow, you know, you're going to just attract more victims. And is that what you really want? Or do you want to get to the next level? You can facilitate someone's healing, but only if they want you to help. You cannot force it. So because I help people change their mindset, I was wondering, you know, 
how can I apply the things that I teach others now to my new situation, my loss, my grief? And boy, oh boy, has this been very insightful to, um, to shift from looking at circumstances to changing my mind about my bad luck. And so in other words, instead of poor me, these circumstances are really unbearable, shifting to I'm going to look for the silver liner lining. I'm going to recover more quickly because then I can help others. You know, focusing on others really makes it easier for us. It really does. When you're helping others, you can't feel sorry for yourself. I went to two different grief classes already. The one you sit in a circle and you, you know, you you help each other just by at talking, and that's really really helpful. The other we were watching a half an hour video and then chatting about the video. And, you know, it just tells you what you're going to go through and what other people have gone through. And both are great classes. But the one that we were sitting in a circle and um, just talking the whole time, there was a gal there who she's still feeling lost after 10 years. And surely I might be able to help people like this. People that are still stuck in grief after a long time. Surely I might come up with a better system to get them unstuck sooner. So I've been paying attention to what tools I'm using like to move through these feelings in a healthy way. And I got to say, I feel pretty proud of myself because several of my friends and family members have continued to comment that I'm moving through grief with grace and intention. And that's really good feedback to get because sometimes, you know, like I said, it's a roller coaster ride. So sometimes I feel like, wow, why am I still so sad? How's this happening? Uh, but to get that feedback that, wow, Laura, you're so graceful through all this, you're really embracing it, that makes me feel pretty good, especially if I'm going to be teaching others, right? If you're going to teach others, you got to at least feel confident that you're already in a better place than they are so that you can help pull them up. So here's what I intend to do. I'm going to finish writing my book, or excuse me, my story. It's not really going to be a whole book, Stumble or Crumble. It's going to be a handbook for people who have experienced loss. Maybe not just widows, but others who've experienced loss as well. And then there's my personal development course and then the audio meditations. It's really important to spend time meditating and getting back in touch with yourself and quieting that mind that's just racing all the time. So if you're interested, I'll share the outline for those three things that I'll be doing. Um, You might find it interesting and it might help you someday when you're helping someone else or if you yourself are going through grief. We've all lost, you know, a pet or a grandparent, and many of us have lost people even closer than that to us. It's astounding how when I've spoken of this to friends and family, I have found out that people have lost brothers and mothers and spouses and people that have been really close to them, and some have lost all three. And it's just amazing to see how they're being so strong and trying to cope with the new life. Let's see, what else uh, can we do? Um, So my goal is to help those who are hurting, but also to help those who are learning to be uncomfortable for a bit in order to get to the next chapter of their life. And whether you're the person who's experiencing loss or someone who's helping another who is, you gotta be ready for anything, right? You have to be 
willing to try different things and then to put those in your back pocket so that you can use those tools and those tips and techniques again later when something new comes up. So before I say goodbye and wish you well and that I'll write again soon, or if you're listening to this, <laughs> you'll get to listen again soon, I have a few questions and just ideas for you to think on, okay? You might want to jot these down or you might want to just think about them and you can even pause in between each one. So the first one, adversity builds character. How will I become better or stronger? Hmm. So for me, boy, that's, that's a good one uh, in this situation, but for you too, adversity builds character. If you had nothing but an easy life, you would not be as strong or as positive or as capable as you are today because adversity does indeed build character. Number two, look for the silver lining. Too many people spend too much time looking at what's wrong, but if you look for what good can come out of it, it shifts your focus to the positive, which leads to number three, everything is unfolding correctly, all is well. Do you believe that? Do you believe you live in a kind, supportive universe? Or do you believe you live in a a, a nasty, scary, frightful universe? If you do believe that this is a kind, good place, then embrace that everything is unfolding correctly and all is well. Everything will turn out okay in the end. Number four, as a man thinketh. Thinking thinking, uh, creates feeling. It does. What shall I choose to think on? If you get to choose your thoughts, then you can create your feelings. And that, my friend, is pivotal a pivotal moment when you realize that because then you can catch yourself as you start to go through something and you can create a better reality for that day, which leads to that week and then that month and then that year. Number five, I choose a life of adventure over a life of maintenance. If you're just struggling and that's your MO, that's your method of operation. You can't really enjoy life. You gotta learn to look at life as an adventure. Then you can overcome those challenges. Instead of thinking you have a lot of problems, you think, oh, these are just challenges, I can overcome them. So live a life of adventure, not one of just maintenance. Number six, love conquers fear. When you're afraid, try to shift to being loving. Number seven, These are just twists in the plot of my good, good life. Remember, I think earlier we spoke of thinking of your life as a movie and you're the main character. These are just twists and turns when hard things, bad things happen to us. Just recognize that this is just a part of the plot. How are you going to get to the next chapter? And speaking of that, number eight, I'm done with uh, with complaining. (laughs) Instead, I'm going to act like I have slight gentle cause over what's going on, even if it's just in a small way. Now, it's easy to complain, right? We like to do that. But if you start doing something, some small little positive thing that moves you in the right direction, you can shift away from complaining to feeling like you are cause over the environment. And that is very helpful indeed. Nobody wants to feel like a victim. Number nine, the chapter. This chapter may be a tough one, but the destination is always a definite positive one. So if you look at your life like a movie and you're the main character, just just think to yourself, you know, this is a tough chapter, but don't worry. The destination is worth it. 
and it's always going to be better than this. We're always going to end. We choose to end our movie on a positive note. (laughs) Number 10, strong winds don't bother me. They develop me into a stronger version of myself. That wind can blow, but you can lean into it, right? Lean into the wind. Don't let it knock you over. Lean into it, and it'll make you stronger. And finally, I always throw in an extra one. So instead of 10 ideas, I'm giving you 11. Number 11, I will escape the prison of my own limited thinking. Wow, if it is just our thinking that creates our reality, I will escape the prison of my own limited thinking. Don't be limited by whatever you're thinking right now. Expand it. I always tell people, explore, expand, and enjoy. We have to expand our mind. And with that, I shall say adieu until next time. This is your second letter from me. Let's call these love letters. Love you lots. Bye-bye.